0: All right, and welcome to the show. This upload is coming to you December 21st, 2016, and you're listening to the Post Money Plan Podcast. In light of the Christmas season, I thought I'd go ahead and harp on the subject of consumerism, and so I reached out to my friend Michael Ferris, who I know to be an aesthetic and anti-materialistic person. So we're going to do this in another two-part episode. Today in part one, we'll be discussing what we mean by consumerism, why consumerism is bad, and the results of consumerism. We'll skip a week where after Christmas I'll be discussing goals and planning for 2017, and then we'll come back in the first week of January and wrap up part two of this discussion, debating the causes of consumerism, the merits of capitalism and socialism, what people should do instead of consumerism, and the benefits of reduced consumerism. This episode is hosted by myself, Dallas Post, founder of the Post Money Plan, and I have my guest, Michael Ferris, on the show today. Welcome to the show, Michael.
1: Thank you, Dallas, and thank you for having me on.
0: No problem. So if you could just introduce yourself for the audience.
1: Sure thing. So my name is Michael Ferris. I'm a professor at the University of Houston, one of the largest public universities in the country. Uh, I consider myself an educator first and foremost. I teach the Arabic language. I hope to be able to contribute something of value to the discussion today if not in direct economic terms, then in in terms of maybe shifting, expanding, bringing new angles to the perspective on what consumerism is and why it's not a good thing.
0: Sounds good. So just to give the audience a bit of perspective of where we're coming from, I myself am arguing from the perspective of anti-consumerism, and I believe Michael is as well. But just to give perspective of some of the biases that we're coming to the argument with, I'm coming with the thinking of a Christian theology, a capitalist economic philosophy, an Austrian economics sub-philosophy, and a hybrid uh, libertarian-republican-type political philosophy. And then, uh, Michael?
1: I'm coming from the perspective of a socialist-leaning philosophy, a philosophical reading of human history, specifically post-colonialist understanding of human history, and also environmentalism, and being wary of the possible dangers that are facing our ecosystem and our climate. I am also anti-consumerist, and I will argue for anti-consumerism as well.
0: Okay. So basically, we're both arguing anti-consumerism, but myself from a pro-capitalist perspective, and Michael from a pro-socialist type perspective
1: least I will try to argue for the view that probably anti-consumerism in some way has to entail anti-capitalism.
0: Okay. I thought we'd start out by just trying to address what we actually mean when we're referring to consumerism because it can be kind of a blanket statement and we don't want people to assume. Michael, what do you mean when you think of as consumerism and being anti-consumerism?
1: That's, of course, the most important question. I mean, the way I would define, first, to define consumerism, the most apparent way to define it that strikes me most intuitively is basically purchasing things that are not needed for human happiness, fulfillment, survival. In other words, purchasing things that really, although value is assigned to them by money and the market and the prevailing system, in and of themselves actually at best have no intrinsic value and actually at
0: worst are actually harmful to people and society. Well, I could definitely echo that sentiment. And even from a capitalist perspective, I think there's plenty of things in society that there end up being economic demand for, which really aren't value additive to people's lives.
1: Absolutely.
0: The way I think of it when we say consumerism, kind of what you were alluding to is it's a bit of a gray definition in that it's not a stark, this equals consumerism, excessive consumerism, and this doesn't. So, I mean, and it can be different for different people too. What I really mean is excessive consumerism, and I think in one's own life, they can kind of observe the difference between things that they need and are providing meaningful differences in their lives, and things that are just useless, wasteful, just because I can kind of things.
1: Yeah, I I see what you're saying. That brings up the gray area problem of what is consumerism in and of itself. It seems like probably a hard thing to define, whereas Excess consumerism is an easier thing to define. It's clear, clearer perhaps than, you know, but consumerism in and of itself, if you just look at the things that people need to spend their money on in order to get by in the current system we live under, does that entail consumerism or not?
0: And to clarify, in economic terms, if you live, you are a consumer because you eat food, you breathe air, you consume things. And that's natural, and people should do those things. It's when you go further down the spectrum into saying, I need to have three cars and four houses where maybe that's nice if it was affordable for all of society, but, but maybe we can't all afford that. At least from my perspective, in summary, the way I think of it when I'm referring to consumerism is really excessive consumerism and an obsession with material possessions.
1: Yeah, I under no, and I agree with you. I agree with you. But the problem I think maybe that seems to be appearing now between you and I is you say when you refer to consumerism you really mean excessive consumerism. I wouldn't disagree that excess is is the issue. But then that begs the question of what is our definition of consumerism? And I'm not sure we've arrived at that yet. And maybe we won't by the end of the discussion. So let's see where it goes maybe.
0: Yeah, and from a personal level living a financially unsustainable lifestyle where you're spending more than you can afford. I think that's not a sufficient definition, but definitely clear in terms of your personal situation. If you're spending more than you earn, that's unsustainable. And that falls into the category of excessive consumerism for that individual.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm i starting to agree with you more than What I'm basically trying to argue is that anti-consumerism probably entails anti-capitalism. And and if it's the case that we can agree that excessive consumerism can be defined in terms of spending money that you do not have, spending beyond your means, then if you look at the capitalist system, 75% of Americans are in debt. One in seven Americans are being pursued by a debt collector. So... The vast majority of the people in this country, regardless of whether or not they want to buy 5 million cars and TVs and all these different things, regardless of materialism, are in a situation where almost without any choice, they need to borrow beyond their means, they need to spend beyond their means. And you know, I think in some cases that can be chalked up to individual irresponsibility, but probably in most cases that has to do with, in my view, the systematic dysfunction of the capitalist system. And that it's rigged ultimately in the interests of capital, of enterprise, to keep enormous profits at the expense of workers who have worked to earn the corporations those profits. And society as a whole sees ultimately very little of that Well, in the form of valuable, sustainable, and permanent changes in life chances and individual outcomes, standard of living and quality of life.
0: I think we've come to some common ground on what we mean when we're referring to consumerism. So, let's go ahead and move on to why we think consumerism is bad or at least the results of excessive consumerism.
1: So, why is consumerism bad and what are the results of consumerism, maybe for efficiency's sake, just operating on the definition that consumerism really just means excess, excess consumption. So, consumerism is bad because it causes people to you know, spend money on things that are don't have any intrinsic value. The consequence of that is instead of wealth being concentrated or invested in things that actually have lasting permanent value for, for human life and for society and for the advancement of social causes and concerns like social justice, for example, things like health care, things like education, things like public infrastructure. You can see now my socialist bent is coming out. You know, instead, money is just thrown around into purchasing trinkets that are manufactured in China
0: and just don't have any value. So it's almost like what you're saying is an emphasis of focus on wants instead of an emphasis on focus of, of needs.
1: Exactly. that's exactly what I would say. And it's not even the wants of the people. It's the wants of the corporations that they have led the people to believe are also their wants.
0: I would agree with you partially, but I'd say it's a bit irresponsible. Like, I completely agree, but at the same time, say it's irresponsible to place all the blame on others. Because in the same way that if people know fast food is bad and decide to eat it anyway, you have to take some personal responsibility. You have to hold yourself accountable to a certain extent. I would say consumerism, just regular consumerism, by the fact of itself isn't bad. But excessive consumerism is a symptom of a sickness where people derive purpose and meaning from their possessions. And so...
1: I would agree with you. I would not disagree at all with that.
0: I see that as a big problem, specifically in the U.S., where people can end up spending all their effort and concern on accumulating more money, and it keeps them busy and distracted from thinking about other important things in their lives. And the problem is that there's more to life than possessions. Possessions can provide a certain limited amount of happiness, but not true overarching personal fulfillment. And possessions just aren't satisfying. I think people realize this. The more that they have, I think the more that they realize
1: this. I agree with you. I think that possessions do not bring happiness, and also beyond a certain point of wealth. Studies have been done that have suggested figures of say sixty thousand dollars, seventy thousand dollars, when people get up to that level of wealth, their happiness increases incrementally. But then beyond that level of wealth, there's no increase in, in, in measures of happiness. Now you can take studies like this with a grain of salt, but I, I find that meaningful and I, I believe in it. I find it believable. You know, it does because once you have enough wealth in order to meet your basic survival needs and to have a dignified existence and to provide for your, your loved ones, and then accumulating profit beyond that point, it, it becomes meaningless. It, it ceases to mean anything. It ceases to have any meaning whatsoever.
0: That kind of gets into the subject of what you're sacrificing to achieve that gain or how you're doing that. Exactly. And you're then...
1: sacrificing valuable time with your family working for 80 million hours overtime
0: it's like, what good is it to gain the whole world but to lose your soul kind of thing?
1: Well, absolutely. I think one of the arguments for capitalism is that it results in the fairest and most equitable and most just distribution of resources and wealth. And it's the only system that can do that without inefficiencies and redundancies and, and, and dysfunction. And, and I,
0: I would actually disagree with that.
1: I think, well... On that argument, I I think that capitalism is, has failed if you look at the last 20 years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would disagree with that because I don't think of it as achieving justice and wealth equality at all. It's about taking human nature and setting up a system which incentivizes desired outcomes.
1: I mean, how would you define human nature?
0: Well, what I'm referring to is... If we go all the way on the spectrum from socialism to communism, on paper, I think it's a great system, and it seems fantastic and fair and that everyone can have a dignified existence. But because of people's nature, it fails because people lose incentive to try harder or work harder, and the system falls unravels well, over I'm, time. I'm, but
1: I'm not talking about communism. I mean, I guess maybe let me clarify I understand that profit motive, according to capitalism, is the incentivizer, perhaps arguably the best incentivizer given human nature, and I agree with that in some sense. But the problem is that any moral system in which profit motive is the only measure, in my view, is ultimately morally reprehensible system, because... Philosophically speaking, ethics needs to be based on lots of other much more complicated concerns that are not easily quantifiable in any terms, let alone in financial terms.
0: That actually brings us back to what I was trying to get to before on part of the reasons why consumerism is bad. What I was saying about there being other important things in life than just money, like money isn't everything, or possessions aren't everything. In Ecclesiastes it says, he that loves money will not be satisfied with money. If you look at when lottery winners end up depressed after winning the lottery because their sole purpose in life was to get money, and when they're no longer busy trying to obtain wealth, they realize it doesn't fulfill them, and then they end up depressed.
1: Exactly, exactly. You're putting your finger on on something so important, which is, I think, in our short day society, our, our dominating economic system that we have today, the fact of the matter today is that... What historically, all throughout human civilization, was supposed to stand for a symbol of wealth, just a convenient convention to replace and obviate the inefficiencies, the extreme inefficiencies of the barter system, i.e. this symbol, money, currency, has now become an end in and of itself, and this I see is very dangerous.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's where we're differentiating between you saying the root cause is greedy corporations and me saying that individuals have to take responsibility for themselves and make decisions based on what's around them. I absolutely agree. I absolutely
1: agree. Individual responsibility is paramount. Regardless of what your worldview may be, individual responsibility is paramount.
0: But anyway, I'd say the result of consumerism or excessive consumerism is that people, like individuals, feel stressed, they feel empty, they feel depressed and without meaning in life. Absolutely. People end up self-inflicting financial hardship by living unsustainable lifestyles and running into debt. And the crazy thing to me is that I see this as a modern day form of slavery.
1: Absolutely. See, now you're thinking more according to the bent that I'm coming from. I think modern-day slavery is exactly what we have for the vast majority of households in in America. But I,
0: I think you and I perhaps just disagree on what the root causes are. Yeah. Just to finish that up, once you're in this debt spiral where you're just working your job just to pay your interest payments, You no longer have complete free will to make choices because your life is dictated by having to make these payments. But I guess that's a good segue into debating the causes of consumerism, which we've already been dancing around. But we'll go ahead and leave off there and pick that up next time. In the meantime, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll catch you next time on another edition of the Post Money Plan podcast.